This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. The BC Nurses Union coming out with a uh, the R word, which is something that I think some are already familiar with, but it was uh, nice to see that things are progressing in the right direction. We're talking about ratios, patient-to-nurse ratios have always been a, a point of concern with some, just in the fact that, he, especially over the last two to three years where the nurses have just been worked to the nub, uh, that the government looks to be trying to at least put something in place here along with the union that uh, hopefully gets them towards a new collective bargaining agreement. To talk about said agreement and the progress announced today, Health Minister Adrian Dix kind enough to join me. Uh, Minister Dix, good afternoon. Great to be on, on the show, Ray, the week after WrestleMania, Rob. Oh, now you just played. I think that's very, very exciting, <laughs> very, very propitious. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you want to score points. You, you just found your way. I appreciate you even bringing that up. Um, there it is. I, I do have to say, as a guy that uh, was in the hospital once or twice during the pandemic, uh, for nothing serious, I was just so impressed by the nurses' resolve, how they were just uh, doing the best they could with whatever hand was dealt to them. But now that things are starting to, I guess you would say, come back down to quote unquote normal, that this is something that needed to happen. And we're talking about becoming the first province in Canada to announce a prescribed patient to nurse ratio in the healthcare system. Can you explain that for everybody? So we've negotiated uh, over the last number of months with nurses a new collective agreement that they're going to be putting to their members later in April. A part of there are lots of issues dealt with it, but what we wanted to do with nurses was the same thing we did with doctors, which is sit down and say, how do we improve the situation for nurses in general and improve the public health care system? The notion of ratios, set ratios across the health system, nurses in Fort St. John and in Vancouver are treated the same in this regard, uh, is something that's been effective internationally in places such as Australia. It's been a long time uh, demand of the BCNU, something that I've uh, long supported, and this was an opportunity for us to come together to provide the funding for it, the support for it. This is one of the tables where we address issues with the nurses that were not collective bargaining issues, not about wages and benefits, but about how do we improve the health system to make it better for nurses. This was a key uh, vision of theirs and one w- that we're implementing now in British Columbia. I- I'm curious to know how this gets implemented, because I think it sounds great from where we're having this conversation this afternoon, but the reality is, and I've talked to a couple of nurses about this even as uh, late as this afternoon, that there are already ratios in place, but the reality is, is you do what you have to do on said shift, and sometimes the ratios go out the window because you just got to deal with the chaos in front of you. How do you actually physically implement this to make sure that we're not still burning out our nurses? By adding to hours that nurses uh, deliver in the healthcare system. But at its core, we need more nurses. Now, in the last year, and in fact, since I've been Minister of Health, we've led Canada in recruiting nurses, but we've got to recruit a lot more. How do you do that? By working, making workplaces better. So you retain more of your existing nurses. If you don't lose them, you don't have to replace them. Critically important and to treat them well. And to recruit more nurses. And that's what we're going to set about to do, working together uh, with the union, with nurses in BC 
to recruit more people to our system because we you need, of course, if you're going to add hours, you need people. And you need people, you need um, more training. We've added 600 training spaces, more internationally educated nurses. We need to retain people longer, and we need people who have left the profession to come back and do this work. So at its core, to be successful, that's what we're going to need to do. But you can absolutely do this. They've demonstrated that in Australia. They've demonstrated that in California. We can demonstrate that here. But at its core, the main impediment to it will be that recruitment question and that retention question. And that's what the other elements of this agreement about those issues are about. You know, you mentioned recruiting, but I also think you bring up a really good point about those who left the field because they were either burnt out or just didn't feel that it was working for them and getting them back into the fold. Is that realistic? You think you can actually get some that have that experience, that feet on the ground approach that were working already in BC? You think you can get them back? Look, we demonstrated we could do that during COVID. People came back, not because of those workplace issues, but because of their commitment to healthcare. When we had all those contact tracers, all those immunizers, all those people who worked um, worked in our testing sites who were, who were nurses and highly trained health professionals, we didn't bring them out of the hospital. We couldn't do that. You wouldn't want to leave the hospitals empty. We added new people. So it is possible to do, I think. But we need to do all of that. That's one important thing you can do experienced people who are able to to join and contribute now in addition to the recruitment and the retention and you do that by working together to improve the work site everywhere and that's really the intention of the agreement but what we did with doctors and we've had now 2600 primary care doctors join the new payment model for doctors was we'll sit down and work with doctors what do we need to do together to address this and we came to support public health care and we came together in agreement and so far, the results have been excellent. We need to do the same process, and we're doing the same process with nurses. So we have a health human resources plan that's broader. And, Rob, you will know that one of the key elements of that plan has nothing to do specifically with hiring nurses at all. It has to do with a new model to keep people safer and more secure. We're de- we've developed that and with the support of the BCNU and the HEU and others. And you do that by making uh, the workplace better and that's part of the key part of the underlying plan of this uh, of this agreement with nurses. One of the things that I appreciated, uh, and not to wax too poetically on this announcement, but one to two ratio for mental health care. I think that's something that we've, again, seen in theory, but it's nice to see that this is actually a commitment at the front of the announcement as opposed to just kind of a, a throwaway piece at the end. That's something that needed to be addressed, no? Absolutely, and obviously... This is another thing government's done. The area of healthcare we've spent the most money on incrementally. In other words, increased spending on the most since I've been Minister of Health. There's been mental health and addictions. Why? Because there wasn't much of a system in place and we're having to build that out. But every time we make an announcement about mental health care, you need more nurses, right? Not just the nurses to move, to operate the existing system, but more nurses and more health sciences professionals and more healthcare workers and more doctors to support that. So it's critical that people doing that work have the support they need. It can be very challenging work, especially on the acute care side, and that's why we need to support our nurses in this way. And that was really the goal of this. There is all of the things in this agreement about salary increases that, uh, that healthcare workers have got across the board. It's a time of, of relatively high inflation, but the key parts of this agreement are the table with the Ministry of Health where we made some of these key policy adjustments. And I think um, it's a significant change, and it means that this isn't just you know a labor negotiation and you hear that there's a settlement and you're relieved about that maybe because you want there to be a settlement. 
In this case, this is also a reform of our nursing system that was, I think, needed. I appreciate the insight on this today. And I know that there's some tougher questions, but I'm sure we'll get a chance to get together again and talk about those. But for today, it's an announcement that I'm hoping the nurses look at and feel that people are actually fighting for them in this instance. So I do appreciate your time today, Minister. Hey, thank you. And the next time we'll talk about the other subject. Yeah, you you know what? You can I will call you Adrian in that conversation and we could talk that, about wrestling till the sun comes up. You know I that. I won't I won't say that <laughs> a person should have gone over, but they should have gone over. I'll talk to you <laughs> thank later. You. Right? Yeah, you leave on a high. I appreciate that. Thank you. Adrian Dick stopping by uh, to talk about the BC Nurses Union. And I, I told you, man, there's a lot of closet wrestling fans out there.